Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Uh, this brings me back to the old college days when I spent my class periods watching cartoons. Wait, no, it doesn't. Man, I got ripped off. Well, they did have a class that where we were watching old sci-fi movies, so that's something. I read books. Well, that's what happens when you're an English major. I, I did a lot of math problems, yeah. I, did, I d- didn't. I purposely took math classes that I did not have to attend. <laughs> Robbie, it's like you don't appreciate math and what it does for you in your life. Uh, when I'm getting an English degree, math classes are not a part of that. Um, hi, guys. How are you? Good? I hope so. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, we just did a new episode review of the newest Trials of Horror, the XXX, episode 666. You think with all the hubbub about that, they go all out and make something crazy. That was not the case. Well, they made something crazy, just not crazy good. Ooh, that's not wrong. On, Sneak preview. Uh, yeah, you can check that out uh, and encourage everyone to do so. We thank everyone who does support us. We appreciate all of you, all our patrons. Uh, this week's episode is Little Girl in the Big Ten, episode DABF15, originally aired May 12th, 2002, written by John Vitti, directed by Lauren McMullen, received a 6.4 rating, approximately 6.8 million viewers. Episode finished 40th, making the most watched program of the network, tied with Mac in the Middle and Boston Public. Boston Public. Wow. Okay. That was a show. I think for a while. It was a show. Uh, that's a, uh, the, the, the couch gag. Squeaky voice teen and the teen girl making out on the couch. This is a repeat. Yep. That's fine. Uh, this episode guest stars Robert Pinsky as himself. Yeah, I kind of wish they had done more with him, but I think they, they, it wasn't the worst guest star as themselves. I, I think he acquitted himself well for, you know, he's a, 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 a poet. And I think he he pokes some fun at himself, and they used him. They, they I think they used him as well as they possibly could. He he made sense in this episode, which is more That's than you true. can say for a lot of guest stars. Um, not integral to the episode or anything, but I think he did. Uh, he was a bit. He's a big fan of the show. He liked the writing a lot. I've he probably met the writing prior to season ten. But what is he going to do? He can't travel back in time. Yeah. This episode begins with Lisa failing Jim. Now, Robbie, you might say, out there in Radio Land, you'd say there's already an episode that starts with Lisa failing Jim called Lisa on Ice. You'd be right. It, that's true. There is another episode that starts that way. And that's true. It, uh, but the, this episode is completely different somehow. It's, it's not the only instance of this episode where they repeat whole from old episodes. That's really not also, my... Also... Go ahead, man. I was just going to say, I, I just want to point out that they don't fail you in gym for being bad at sports. I am terrible at sports, and I was never failed at PE or any form of gym whatsoever. They fail you for not showing up or not participating. That's the only way you fail gym. So I feel like they could have started this episode in a more believable way. I Believability, Matt, has nothing to do with my complaints in this episode, honestly. I mean, I, it's a very small one, but I just want to get it out there. Okay. I mean, I, Skinner is your is the voice of reason here. It's not. I don't think that we're supposed to think that gym teacher is reasonable. I think Skinner just like is scared of her, so he, uh, you know, bows to her strength and and aggressiveness. But we hear the new gym teacher, 
uh the gym she was teaching exclusively gymnastics i guess give lisa a check minus lisa jim isn't just about encouraging fitness it's also about exposing weakness check minus are you mad brunella you can't fail lisa she's the only child keeping this school accredited without her we'd have to release these children back into the forest so let's just turn that minus into a plus skinner i took an oath and by xena this girl's failing jim perhaps we could get her a private coach well i know a coach but he's tough he defected into east germany get it because because no one would want to go to east germany except for gymnastics people it's not bad considering some of the jokes in this episode Matt. i i will say that is true it's it's at least it's, uh you know a historic joke rather than you know something lazy right and i like i honestly there i have complaints about this episode but the jokes are not the part of it that that bother me you know it's not it's it's like some of them it's hit and miss you know and that's not bad to me like i it's not the thing that's never the thing that that is the thing that breaks me largely unless they're incredibly offensive which you know sometimes they are but this time i would say they're they're not really because we see lisa get a private coach and he is that he is the 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 overbearing uh gymnast coach this it's a stereotype and he's that's kind of what his jokes are they still work on me more or less you know she's he's brutally mean to all his little kids he kidnaps lisa's snowball too he kidnaps the cat until lisa performs well i really like the joke about lisa's head making her perfectly balanced that is a good joke that has like it, it takes something about the animation. It's not fourth wall breaking, but it's fairly close, you know. I I like that joke. I thought that was funny. Um, I don't understand why. And then what? Lisa bangs her head. We get her to see. She sees JFK. Yeah, which I mean, I I get the idea. They wanted to find oh the person who started the presidential fitness test, but why JFK? So many other people that Lisa admires would could have told her how important it is to be physically fit maybe they just had somebody on the voice staff who could do a really good jfk i mean it's just quimby that's literally what jfk's voice is and that's all i was thinking the entire time is like oh this is just quimby and they just they just drag on the accent a little bit longer at times to make you think oh it's jfk it's definitely not quimby i'm like this is just quimby's voice i mean that's fine it's just that weird thing like it's like having like when i mean quimby's not in this episode but quimby is basically just a kennedy except he's in a small town it's When you have, it'd be like putting Rainier Wolfcastle and then having Arnold Schwarzenegger in the same, like, they're the same voice because they're the same character. It's not, you don't need to have JFK up here. I don't, I don't, I would just, yeah, you can have any other, get Jack LaLanne or something. Like, he's the guy I, like, think of, like, in trying to get kids fit. Or Arnold himself. Um, Right. But they're not going to get Arnold, of course. Like, have Rainier Wolfcastle up here because he would be the, 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 the analog to to arnold and so he is curious about fitness sure and then we we and that introduces the a plot to this episode and this this episode feels like it's going the right way for a lot of it it has all the things we like matt it has a distinct a and it has an a plot and a b plot and they end up connecting and meaningful being meaningful to each other and like that theoretically is something i really like 
Well, not only that, but the characters feel like themselves. Like no one is going out of their way to not be whoever. There's no jerk Homer. There's no Lisa being stupid for no reason. Like this is a picture perfect Lisa episode. Maybe not perfect, but close enough where, you know, Lisa gets involved in something because of her bookwormish ways and then, you know, gets screwed out of it by being an eight year old. Until it doesn't. I I would say all these things are true until they're not. And the episode kind of just – it's the third act problems. It has – it's just – it keeps coming back. Third act problems, third act problems, third act problems, and motivation problems, character motivation problems. Just I, – I, I will touch on it when we get there. But we here we introduce to the B-plot, which is a Bart story. Bart in a bubble story, basically. Because Bart and Abe go to Krusty Burger and they each get their their their, their, their meal, I guess. There you go. A laughy meal for you, and a nostalgia meal for me. Oh boy, this takes me back. Two ration stamps, and an artillery shell full of oleo. What's your nostalgia prize, Grandpa? Liberace action figure. Party tonight at Roddy McDowell's. Ooh. I got a plastic Crustosaurus. Hmm. A mosquito? How'd that get in there? So, Matt, you remember that the thing I said about reusing old plot ideas? Yeah, something about, I believe, the Osaka flu. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar about yep. this. Yeah, a, an Asian, a, some 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 illness transported over from Asia comes to the Simpsons. And that's what happens. Bart gets bitten by that mosquito, gets taken to the hospital, gets diagnosed with uh, a panda, the panda virus. And now he is stuck in a bubble. But we find that we find that out later on, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, but Lisa is now good at gym, and like I mentioned before, she gets her cat back, and we see the that girls she's, get their cats back. The other girls get their cats back, even though one of them had a dog. And we see that Lisa is perfectly balanced with her big head. That's a good sight gag. I thought that was funny. I, I, I like seeing you know again, it's Lisa being good at a sport. Just be, when if she tries something, gets proper training, especially from the crazy. Uh, gym teacher who's yelling at her the entire time but she manages to to do well and even even works later on in the episode for i don't know not great reasons but she does use her gymnastic skills later on um but here is at the end of the first act stop me if you've heard this one before matt we get the actual hook of the episode at least the a plot is because lisa uh while she's in the locker room with the other girls that we only see in the background up to this point she realizes that she's she really likes them, and then she realizes, oh, they're in college. You're reading Gravity's Rainbow? Rereading. Sorry, what are you guys talking about? I was making fractals. These girls are brilliant. I finally found kids I can relate to. You guys are so cool. I can't believe I never met you before. Well, I'm Tina, and this is Carrie. Maybe we can hang out together. Oh, I'd love to. You girls were all great. Cats back for everyone. I had a dog. He's cut now. Need a ride back to campus? Oh, campus? You guys are college students. Yeah, but with our small gymnast bodies, everyone always thinks we're way younger. Aren't you in college? Um, of course. Where do you think I go, baby school? Um, I'm a teacher's aide in a very special class. No, Lisa, we're both in... Go, go, go! 
people run from me? It's a very good reason for that, uh, because being around Ralph is very trying. I sp- this version of Ralph in particular. Yeah. Where he's not really a character. You know, he he says hi to Lisa and then he pees his pants. And, like, that's the, jo- well, the yeah. joke. Of the, and that's literally the act break is Ralph peeing his pants. That's what we... But Lisa really likes these new girls. But apparently they're in college. And Lisa confused them for children because they're gymnasts. They're tiny, basically. They're, yeah. I See, and this is the thing, Matt. Like, a lot of the time I would get, like, I would, you know, like, try and... I, I would say that is the thing that, that, that the least the first two thirds of this episode do well is by committing to the plot by by having it be character like oh have, having it rooted in Lisa's character that oh she really likes these girls because they they discuss intelligent things things she's interested in she wants to hang out with them and then you're like wait a minute they're college students and oh it's because they're gymnasts that people think they're younger than they are. And normally I would go, well, they would never confuse an eight-year-old girl for being a college student. That's basically impossible. But I don't care about that because I'm invested in Lisa's character in this. I'm invested in like, well, oh. Yeah, because that's a gimme in this episode. It's like Each episode I can ask you one, possibly two slightly unbelievable things. And the first one in this episode is, oh, that Lisa could be mistaken for a college student. And that's that's the premise of this episode. That's the, the leap that we're going for to make this episode interesting. Right. And there, it, 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 I don't care. You know, like it's like that's not the problem at all with this episode. It's not like, oh, it's not believable. It's it, I mean, the, I think it might be a problem. It, comes a problem later in the in the show in this episode but for now it's because it's smartly invested us in lisa's you know character we care we want to know oh we want lisa to keep up this it 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 introduces the the conflict is oh she's gonna try and pretend she's a college student and not get caught and we care because we want lisa to be happy because she feels like she belongs to these kids that makes sense and it works until it doesn't Act two begins. We got a commercial. Six minutes, 23 seconds in. Yeah. So uh, at this point, uh, Lisa is still with the college girls. Uh, they are giving her a ride home. Uh, she's lying constantly about things she likes and, and that sort of thing. And, and just basically trying to fit in, which is something you would do if you're trying to hang out with older kids. Uh, no matter what age you are, if you're in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, whatever. She's just trying to fit in, basically. Uh, they ask her about you know where she lives. Uh, she lives in a house with a couple of guys, a couple of girls. When they ask her if any of them are cute, she says, well, Bart, kind of, and then stops herself because that's freaking weird. We don't need that in our Simpsons. That's just creepy. Anyway, uh, when they get to the house, uh, basically Homer is acting like a drunk frat boy, and so he makes it seem like a college house, which is, you know, a little easier for the girls to believe. So, what dorm do you live in? Actually, I'm off campus. I um, share a house with a couple of girls, a couple of guys. Guys, huh? Are they cute? We're all Bart's kind of... No. I get knocked down. I get knocked down again. You're never gonna knock me down. Whoa, party house. Hey, where's my cake? Mm, Mom's not gonna like that. Who's Mom? Uh, that's what we call the gay guy who lives with us. Hey, you doing anything tomorrow night? Robert Pinsky's reading at Cafe Kafka. 
Robert Pinsky, the former poet laureate? It's going to be great. The three of us could split a scone. Non-dairy? Duh. Duh. I take a whiskey drink. I take a chocolate drink. And when I have to pee, I use the kitchen sink. I sing the song that reminds me I'm a urinating guy. He uses the kitchen sink, like we all do, obviously. Uh, also, I mean, why does it matter that a scone is non-dairy? I mean, it's, it's pretty close to non-dairy already. Sorry, I'm nitpicking here. Anyway. Nothing wrong. So yes, I, uh, Matt, there's nothing wrong. That it, it, all it is is it is – you've never – I guess you, you aren't a normal human, so you don't understand. But, uh, you know, it's signaling. She's, she's signaling. Lisa is – this is Lisa being intelligent, showing off her social intelligence, signaling to these girls that we are the same. You and I, hey, I belong with you by, hey, we're going to eat a scone. It's non-dairy, right? Because they are the same kind of person, and Lisa's trying to fit in. That's true. They're obviously vegans and lactose intolerant, so that's just the way it works Th- for these girls. A, there's a couple of uh, vegan, some ve- there's a couple of uh, like the vegan references in this, actually. That's true. So, yes. Uh, moving on. Uh, so, next up, we go back to the B-plot. Uh, Bart has the panda virus and needs to be quarantined, so he's got to be in a bubble. Which, you know, this is basically the impetus for our actual uh, Bart plot. So, Bart is going to be isolated from the world, and it's going to take a weird direction, but at least it starts out, you know, making sense, basically. So, uh, the next day, uh, Lisa goes to hang out at the college campus. Uh, she just kind of wanders around because you can do that on college campuses. Uh, she sees her gymnast friends and she's acting, you know, super happy, like deliriously happy. She's spinning in circles and she's just, they talk to her and she says she's in heaven. Uh, and of course the girls like her. Although one of them mentions that the house had a Manson family vibe, which, yeah, I can kind of get that. Uh, the Simpsons house is a little weird. Uh, something's a little off about it because, well, it's the Simpsons. Something's always a little off about it. We then get a nice montage of bad bubble jokes apart having a tough time adjusting to it. Uh, you know, nothing really creative here. Just, you know, I, oh, what would happen if you were in a bubble? It's it's fine. Like, it also is like it is it's it's silly. Like they said, oh, they included this B plot is because it's very different than the very the more serious A plot. And that makes a certain kind of sense. You don't want to have a different – you want, like, different kind of uh, tones to, to bounce back and forth between, give people a sampling of different uh, humor. And there's a joke in there of a, bag, a gag about Nelson saying ha-ha and then running down a block to say ha-ha again. I appreciate that. I thought it was funny. It's not – you know, it's not, like, some some crazy great joke, but it's all right. You know, it's fine. It's the kind of thing you expect from a B-plot. It's not super creative, but it is interesting, and it helps, uh, you know, cleanse your palate a little bit. Because if you went from Lisa, you know, on the college campus to the Robert Pinsky bit to a whole bunch of other stuff, you would kind of get bored with the same plot over and over again. Change of pace. Change of pace. Perfect. Variety. Speaking of which. Variety, Matt? Variety. is the spice of life. It's the spice of life. Which means I, I, I liken it to garlic salt, which is one of the best spices. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Garlic salt, Matt, is not a spice. Next year, you're going to tell me salt is not a spice. Salt is a seasoning, not a spice. Oh, whatever. What's the technical definition of a spice, then? Uh, well, I believe that it has to come from, like, a, a fruit or vegetable or something like that. Uh, the salt is a rock. It comes from the ground. So garlic is garlic is not really a... I, wouldn't see, I don't know if I would season with garlic either. I mean, I love garlic and I pour it on everything, but I also don't... Garlic salt is also... Come, it's like a, if you're going to... It'd be a mix to begin with. It's not, a, it's not, you know, it's not a single spice. 
like turmeric or 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 or, or oregano is a spice. Oh, well, unless you're Marge, and then it's just a fake. Yeah, what the hell is that? Um, <laughs> so yes. Anyway, I, I, uh, I've watched a lot of Good Eats in my life. Man. Well, it's it's very important that you have because you get, you were there to correct me when I'm wrong. Very important. I was technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> anyway, yep. moving along, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Pinsky is doing a reading at the local coffee house, and uh, there's some good jokes in here about you know literature jokes, the kind we don't really get in The Simpsons anymore. Now open your minds for the Coltrane to the Quatrain, the Tony Danza of the A.B. Stanza. I give you the former poet laureate of the United States, Mr. Robert Pinsky. Tonight, I'll be reading from a copy of my book I just checked out at Atherton Library. I study there! Say another building! That's it, Pinsky. You've got them right where you want them. Slow dulcimer, gavotant bow in autumn. (gasps) He's reading impossible to tell. Basho and his friends go out to view the moon. In summer, gasoline rainbow in the gutter. The secret courtesy that courses like Icor through the old form of the rude, full-scale joke. I'm in a coffee house listening to poetry. There's a cat on a table and no one seems to care. This is the single greatest day of my life. Impossible to tell in writing. Basho, he named himself. Banana tree. Basho! Banana tree! So yes, uh, these are your typical college students. They are excited by poetry. Because you know, as we know, Robbie, you especially, that uh, even for non-English majors, everyone is super excited by the intellectual pursuits of, you know, literature. Sure. Yeah, that's definitely my experience with most people is that they really like to read and they really like to read modern, like new poetry of, you know, past, you know, the 19, you know, let's say 50. They really like that. Well, that's true. I mean, it's really difficult to read and a lot of it doesn't make any sense. So people love that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I I do exactly. want to say that this this scene is very visually interesting. They really do a good job of of like uh of illustrating his poetry and and making it look artistic versus just having him stand there. And I would say that about this entire episode, like even with all my complaints about it, it looks very nice. I think they do it the, the there's lots lots of use of shadow, lots of uh interesting uh design Lisa because she doesn't dress exactly the same she has her little hat she has you know her, her clothes when she goes out with the college kids she has her gymnast stuff like the in the 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 way they the animate the bubble with bart also looks really good so i'll say like it looks really nice it's, it, it's a very pretty episode it really is uh, i don't think they were using any type of com- computer animation at this point but it almost looks like it with the smoothness and the very detailed backgrounds so I'm, i mean they never comp- they never animate with a computer they only color with a computer Wow, even today, no animation whatsoever. I'm pretty sure they still just hand animate everything. It's they just computer, wow. they computer color everything. Like South Park right. animates with a computer, but I believe the right. Simpsons are still hand animated. That's why it still takes so long. It's like computer coloring is it makes it more consistent because they don't have to you know hand color everything, so they don't have to worry about you know and, and much faster. I assume that it really helps their workflow, but they still hand animate it and like. Pretty most of it. I think they're still, you know, like in Futurama, they famously introduced some computer animated stuff in there whenever they were doing like 3D stuff. But I think the Simpsons do it very occasionally. But I still, to, still to this day, they hand animate everything. This is why. I mean, the show has never looked better. Like today, like even like every episode is beautiful. But 
it's not really looking great is not my first criteria for a great simpsons episode honestly i mean it's not true a little unfortunate um, not maybe not fair because they do look great but i'm looking for you know writing stuff once lisa is done uh listening to robert pinsky she's hanging out afterwards and at some point she realizes oh no I have forgotten my social studies project. So she has to run home and not put in for the pizza because uh, Lisa's that kind of person just has a slice and then doesn't uh, chip in at all. Uh, but she still gets an A minus on it. Uh, she's basically, I think, trying to build some kind of building out of matchsticks and glue. Uh, we get a weird hallucination about, uh, you know, her being a vegetarian, but still using glue, which she generally uses gelatin, which is, involves the bones of animals. Uh, which I think Robbie was referring to earlier with mm-hmm. the whole vegan thing. That's a, that's a, that is a, it's, it, it, it feels like a callback to at least the vegetarian when, you know, she had the little, little sheep, you know, why you eat me? Like, it feels like very much like how, like, oh, you won't eat me, but you'll, you don't mind my bones being used to glue this stuff together. And I'm like, well, that's, that's fair. I think that's, that's an interesting take on it. Like, it's more, that's a more nuanced thing than anything in that, uh, the, 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 the when the vegan kid shows up they do so yeah yes uh, so lisa goes home and luckily for her her class is full of morons so she gets an a minus despite Aww, the fact that she oh man <laughs> morons did, did you see what the other kids built Ra- ralph is just eating sugar cubes it's second grade what do you expect i mean it depends if their parents are allowed to help them or not if their parents aren't allowed to help them then yeah all of that makes complete sense they shouldn't because, help you know, i don't want like, you shouldn't have help from your parents other than like to procure the necessary stuff if I wanted, if I'm a teacher, I don't want parents to do the work. I want the kids to do the work. I don't care if they're bad. It's it's about the participation. It's about effort. Nothing to do with that is true. Result. But Lisa's is no worse than anyone else's, even after she falls asleep on it and crushes it in. So look she gets like, an A minus. Look like the White House to me, man. I think that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So uh, Lisa is successful. That was the joke. Uh, at living her double life. What'd you say? I said that was the joke I made. Yes, I know it's supposed oh, to be the White House. Gotcha. Gotcha. Smashed it. Uh-huh. So, uh, next up, we go back to Bart, who has become a, a bubble-based superhero. Whooshing right over Matt's head. It is. It is. It's true. I didn't care what it was. I just completely ignored what she was trying to build. It's like, oh, it's ability. I don't I don't give a damn. You don't like the Bart, the Bart Bubble Boy superhero? It's interesting. I'm not sure why he becomes a superhero, though, because Bart is one of those characters that always seems to ride the line between, oh, is he a good kid or a bad kid? Sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's bad. In this case, Bart has I... gone on the side of the angels. <laughs> I would say in this instance, Matt, this is me reading very deep into it because I don't think that this is necessarily meant to be said. But it, I yeah. think there is the general vibe that Bart, because he's in the bubble, he got laughed at earlier in the show. That is textual. That was there. You get laughed at walking down the street. I think he connects a little bit to the isolated feelings of the nerds that are getting picked on. So he defends them. Yes, he basically beats up the bullies with his ball powers of... They hit him, and he just bounces right back and then hit them back. Um, you know, very much like the old rubber and glue line. He was lucky uh, that there was a wall there. He was. Otherwise, he would have just gone rolling and been gone forever. <laughs> yes. That's the downside of a ball-based superhero. Unless you're gold uh, balls. Yeah. Well, unless you're gold balls, that's true. He, he, he gets the balls out of him. If you're speed but, ball, then you just, you know, get really sad and make a suit out of spikes. Change your name to Penance. Gold, ball, gold balls makes eggs now, Matt. I believe that because Gold Balls is awesome and he should be in all X-Men. He, uh, he, he makes eggs that they make new X-Men out of. You know, I haven't finished reading Powers of X or House of X, so thanks you, a lot. I mean, it was issue three that happened like six weeks ago. All right. I'm not going to wait for you. 
fine. Now I'm just spoiled, and you know how I hate spoilers. You should read the comic books when they come out if you don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of us don't have time. Some of us have to read books for podcasts. I do that too, Matt. I don't know if you realize that. Uh-huh. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, basically, after uh, Bart rescues the, the nerds, uh, Millhouse helps them down, and he notices that Lisa... Wait, 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 wait. You skipped is... something. They got attacked by bullies, and they got hung up on the on the, on the the fence by right, the underwear. once Bart is gone. Once Bart yeah. is gone. Okay. Yes. Uh, because they came back once Bart was gone, and you know, that's that's the way bullies work. They just wait until the superhero was gone to do even worse things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Millhouse happens to spy on Lisa when she is doing her quick change into her college kid outfit and rides off on her bicycle. So, Millhouse, being a nosy little brat, decides to follow her and recruits the other nerds. Matt, mm. this is the exact moment this episode starts going downhill. Oh, absolutely, because there's no reason for them to follow her. And it just – well, we'll get to what, how it becomes stupid. So uh, Lisa goes to class. Uh, apparently she goes uh, to uh, the campus and no one's around. So uh, she goes to Anthro 101, uh, which is apparently uh, a class that lets everyone watch itchy and scratchy cartoons. Uh, and they evaluate them critically. So it's a lot of this podcast, in fact. Uh, so then uh, we get a, a – rather extended itchy and scratchy sketch uh where itchy makes scratchy into butter and eats him because it's a really good itchy it and scratchy it, it is fantastic if you if you enjoy itchy and scratchy you will enjoy this it's particular a really episode. good itchy and scratchy i really like the I, this class is is basically what this podcast is so i you yeah know, i it is kind of funny um it's the class is fine and the itchy and scratchy cartoon apparently was all like it was not written none of the, it was written it was kind of all product of the director apparently so wow. props to uh, Lauren McMullen for that because it's a really good issue. It's scratchy. Trying to be positive, Matt, before I get really Try negative. Before I get really and negative here at the end. All right, all right. Well, let's get let's make Robbie mad. Uh, and at some point uh, in the middle of the class, the uh, teacher professor stops the you know itchy and scratchy cartoon, and they start to examine it. You know what what kind of themes can you pull off of this? Uh, which you know obviously they're just kind of making crap up. And unfortunately, Milhouse chimes in. Hey, mister! Put the cartoon back on! I'm sorry, boys. We don't allow children in this class. What about Lisa? She's only eight! (gasps) Lisa, did you lie to us? Well, I just wanted to belong. For once, I felt I was with intellectual equals. I can't believe I cheated off an (gasps) eight-year-old. I guess we won't be biking through Italy. (laughs) <laughs> so yes this is the end of the act uh but my problem with this is the problem i have with a lot of sitcom frippery is that lisa could have just lied uh she's already friends with these people and she's obviously their intellectual equals or betters in some cases so she just said no i'm not I- i've never seen these kids before and the entire class would have been like all right kids get the hell out of here uh, you know, obviously, you know, she's not lying to us unless you know she's done things that make him think she's an eight year old. But that's not how we move the episode along. So with this, we go to a commercial and the episode starts to get much, much worse. Matt, did you say sitcom frippery? I did. All right. Uh, yeah. Why? Why does Millhouse and the other nerds follow Lisa? Why, only do, they... why do they follow her? Why do they then expose her? Like, what do they gain from that? There's no reason. It is there. Just and that is everything in this third act. Why? 
because they needed some type of comeuppance for everyone in this episode, and that's how they get it. It doesn't make nothing in this third act makes any sense. It, it nothing anyone does aside from maybe Bart makes any kind of sense. Like Bart is consistent, I guess, but all the other characters are. I mean, Marge barely exists, so I guess you can discount her too. But Lisa in particular, and but Marge and Homer's reaction to her being in college, like it just. Ugh, okay, so we get Lisa. We start. We come back from commercial at 16 minutes and 10 seconds in. So that is a 10 minute long second act, Matt. 10 minutes, 10 minute long second act. That's the meat of the episode. And up until this point, this episode reminds me so strongly of Summer of Four Foot Two. Yeah, that's true. Lisa becomes someone new. And in that case, it made sense because Bart was jealous that he outed her. I don't think Millhouse is jealous in this case. He's they just have him be a jerk. They just have him be a, a jerk because no reason whatsoever. It, it, you know, normally Milhouse would probably look at Lisa, get changed, disappear, and then he would go back to his boring life. I don't, you know, I don't see Milhouse is not one with initiative. Literally, he usually literally does nothing unless Bart tells him to. So I don't. Uh, Lisa, we come back from commercial. Lisa's getting chewed out by Marge and Homer for some reason. But you weren't how many credits without our permission? Sixteen. Oh! College is no place for a young girl with those quadrangles and study carols and syllabi and... Doogie Howser went to college when he was my age. Against my wishes. But the atmosphere there was so stimulating. It was a bustling marketplace of ideas. Oh, and this kitchen isn't? Well, I put those Cathy's on the fridge for you. I don't even like them. They've gotten so smutty. Oh, sure, when a man does it, it's smutty. But if a woman did it... Homer, Kathy is a woman. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> what does Kathy bring to this episode, Robbie? Can you tell me? I I don't mind the Kathy reference, I guess. But why are, why are Marge and Homer mad? Like, they aren't... Like... All all of their complaints are just dumb as possible. Like Marge's, oh, you know, college is bad. I'm pretty sure Marge wanted to go to college at some point in her life. Well, why, but why? Like, there's no reason for it to happen except the plot says so. And that is everything in this third act. It's just like, oh, the plot says it happens, so it happens. But why? We ha- if if Marge, you have to set this stuff up. You have to set up character motivation. I don't. I feel like I'm lec- like it's I'm like teaching like you know creative writing 101. Like because that's what this is. This is not complicated. I say that. I think I say that a lot. <laughs> this is not complicated because it's really not. Like you read like very basic, you know, how to write character stuff. You give them motivation for what, why they do a certain thing. Like you can have Marge and Homer be mad at Lisa for going to college when without their knowledge, without their permission. If you yeah. set it up earlier in the episode, you have to have them say something. Have Homer or Marge say something about college at some point to, just to set up how they feel now. Because if you don't, it just happens that they start yelling at Lisa because she went, she audited college classes. Like, oh, we're so upset. Like, what on earth are you? No one on their right mind would be would be upset at Lisa for this. Maybe if she racked up a big bill or something, then I could buy it, perhaps. But it makes no sense. Then we get to an extended sequence where all the kids are rolling down a hill and Lisa wants to join them. And they all make fun of her. Makes no sense at all. What on earth does this have to do with the rest of this episode? 
Because that's what, and this leads into what this third act becomes, where Lisa is trying to fight to get to belong with the little, the second graders and the kids in, at elementary school. And I'm like, this isn't what this episode is about. This episode is about Lisa trying to belong with college kids. And like you look at Summer Four Foot Two, which I mentioned earlier, the whole end of the, the end of that episode is the person who ended up outing her, which is Bart in that case. Bart went and talked to the popular kids in the, the t- in the town, explained that he was he was mean and that Lisa's great, and you, you, please be nice to her and make some sort of this grand gesture that they do. And then she ends up feeling good at the end because she belongs again. So. You would think that this episode would also go that way of Lisa going and back and belonging with the college kids. Maybe something to do with the gymnastics or she goes back to gymnastics class and the kids, the two girls invite her out again for another thing. It ends with them going back to the poetry or some, something. I don't know. I don't know. But why does Lisa want to belong with the, the like they have her say, I've never belonged anywhere and et cetera, et cetera. But the whole reason she goes to the college kids is because she doesn't feel like she belongs with the little kids. And what Lisa yeah. doesn't want to roll down a hill? That's not her. Yeah, we've uh, commented how much we enjoy episodes where Lisa gets to be an eight-year-old and how Lisa gets to also be an adult. It's it's good for the duality of the character, but in this case, it doesn't make any sense that she wants the eight-year-old things because the whole point of the episode is that she wants the adult things. Like She's not going to want to do both of those at the same time most of and, and like, I, I'm not saying you can't pivot to make it like her being satisfied with just being a kid, because you can certainly do that. That's what the uh, the Grease episode kind of does, where it kind of pivots to like, hey, it's OK to be an eight year old and not be like trying to be grown up. Yeah. You could do that. But you have given us again, no warning ahead of time. You just throw us directly. You know, oh, now she's going to try and be friends with little kids. Well, why? You have to give us a reason other than, oh, she's never belonged anywhere. And these little kids are the ones who ratted her out. So why would she want to be friends with them? And why would she want to try and prove herself to them? Which is what this plot becomes. Is when Lisa wants to try and prove to win those kids back. Why? There's no character motivation in in any of this. It's just things happen because they needed an ending. So Lisa doesn't know what to do because all the kids have been mean to her. And she was... I, I don't know. Does she looking... To advice for Bart, or they just happen to see Bart that's up. In, she just happens to see that Bart's up in a tree. She just happens to see that Bart's up in the tree. Yeah. That Homer has tossed him up there, and he's gotten stuck. So Bart is stuck up in a tree in his ball. Bart and Homer's trying to get him down or something, but Homer then a gun falls out of the tree and shoots Homer in the butt. His pellet gun that he got stuck up there. It's a yeah, it's a pellet gun. Uh, not that's not going to leave a serious wound. Especially through pants. I mean, it, it'll, it'll give you a, a good welt, but it's not going to break the skin. No, he felt it sounded like, but it was also like a gunshot as well. I should add a pellet gun's not going to do anything like that. But Homer runs off and leaves Lisa alone with Bart. She she does some gymnastics to get up to the to where he is in the tree. And Bart suggests that they do a prank on Skinner to win the rest of the kids over because it is they're doing a special ceremony commemorating a parking annex for Skinner. I pulled the clip here, and, hmm, hmm. Poor Bart. I know just how you feel. Isolated, alone, cut off from everyone. Are you kidding? This little baby has made me more popular than ever. Hey, Bubble Bart, looking good. Call me. The bubble makes everything shimmer and glow. 
You can't believe what that sunset looks like to me. That's not a sunset. That's a bird on fire. Tomato, tomato. Oh, I wish I had some place to call my own. No one wants me around anymore. I know a way you can win back the kids at school. Really? That's wonderful, but how? All you gotta do is play a prank on the principal. Well, I can't do it tomorrow. There's an assembly in his honor. <laughs> We've got a little planning to do. Step into my office. Ew, Bart! It wasn't me. Yes, let's end on a fart joke. There is a fart joke here. Um, I'm kind of torn on it because it is, you know, it's Bart. So, and you know, when it's someone, if you if you're in a little bubble, your that bubble's gonna stink after a while. But it's kind of just the laziest joke you can make. And what are the rules of this bubble when they're just letting Lisa can just come inside? Is it he in there so he doesn't get other people sick? Ideally, yeah. But, uh, you know, who pays attention to that? Uh, you'd have to, yeah, I guess. It feels like someone different wrote the third act of this. It felt like someone wrote, someone wrote for act one and two and someone else took over, you know, you know, 15 minutes in and then just wrote the last third of it. Yeah. So we we jump to the end of this episode, the last scene of the episode, where Skinner is wearing a white suit and it's getting a commemoration of a parking annex, which I mentioned earlier, and there's a giant cake there, and there's a, a Skinner's plaque that predicts he's going to die in 2010. He did not. He made it through 2010, which is good. Yeah, makes sense. That's good. Um, but he's wearing a white suit, and this goes on for a while. The scene, like there, we get a lot of we get a, a minute or two of the scene before Bart and Lisa even show up. There, we get a question from uh, Skinner's mom about how can he wear white because she knows what he does in his room, which is a masturbation joke. Hilarious. I just figured it's when he dated Edna joke, but yeah, probably. I'm guessing, yeah. Uh, the, but and I, I, I did think it was funny that he had security, quote unquote, take his own mother away. That was f funny to me. Um, and it's just, it's just, it, it's all build up because we get this. There's oh, there's a chocolate cake there. He's wearing a white suit. I get it, you know. And then we see what's the prank going to be? Because that's what the thing is. Lisa needs to do a prank that will win all the kids back over to liking her, which she never cared about in the first place, and suddenly she does. Really, really cares about it. And we find out what that prank is: is that Lisa is on top of the building next to this thing in the bubble. Bart has now gotten out of the bubble, and he pushes her off the edge of the building and it smashes into the cake and the cake gets all over Skinner and the kids like her again. Or for the first time, so they never really liked her in the first place. That's they even have Ralph shout that Matt. They say they say, they have Ralph shout. Ironically, you have re earned our trust or something. Along, I forget exactly what he says. Something along those lines. It, 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 it's just, it is blatant. It is like this. I hate it. I think it's one of the things I hate most, and it, it's just, it's this writer is just going, like, we know this doesn't make real sense, but we want to have one of our characters kind of poke fun at it, because otherwise you'll you'll think we didn't know about it. I'm like, well, that doesn't make it any better, guys. You're, you still were lazy in this plot, and the third act is bad. Like, this first two acts are really promising and really have a, real, a lot of good character. They have some funny jokes, and then the third act just doesn't make any sense. It just falls apart endings are hard no matt 
don't give me that. I don't. I'm, I, I don't want to hear about how hard something is. It's a joke, Robbie. It's uh, based on the It Part Two. I don't like it. Well, you wouldn't be the only person. It's too long. It has weird kid sex in it. I don't. Just because the movie doesn't include it doesn't make it good. Well, no. I mean, Part Two wasn't very good either. I, I, I can't. I can't imagine. I don't. The people say that they like it. That's their favorite Stephen King book. I'm like, are you crazy? just because it has a scary clown and it does not make the, that book so long uh god that was, that was the and that was the Stephen King cocaine era at its height yeah. um we're talking about Stephen King because I don't like the ending of this episode this episode the third act is all bad it makes no sense it it character motivations you have to I mean like this episode as a whole is fine I think you know it it's, could be better it could be better Absolutely. But I think it's strong in the first 15 minutes. Like, I'm I'm invested in Lisa and her struggle to belong. Like, of course, it's a layup for me. I'm a big Lisa fan. And like, oh, she wants to belong with people that are smart. And she wants to talk about stuff and go to poetry readings and, and hang out with smart people and not be down with the dummies and the little kids. Like, that makes... I. I'm all on board with this. I even don't mind the B plot with the kind of the silly ball jokes and, you know, all that. Like, that's okay, even. But when you lose, like, simple character motivation stuff, like, do better. I don't know. It, it's not bad. It's not like The Sweetest of Pooh or anything or Simpson Safari. It's not offensively bad. It's just there was a better way to end this, and they did not do that. Yeah. It, the episode as a whole, I think, is all right. You know, it is that kind of standard Algene, all right episode. It's fine. It, it's it's un it's uneven. It has weird tonal shifts at times. It, it feels like you know this is season thirteen when he's just taking control. So he's there's still weird remnants from Scully or stuff in here at times. There's still remnants. There's like his hallmarks of stuff he did back in the day. It's all kind of jumbled, but I can deal with it for the most part as long as on the first two acts, especially because Lisa's characterization and, and the drive for the episode is still really good. Then it kind of just it just falls apart, and that's disappointing. Uh, it's probably still it's better than Sweetest of Pooh, and I imagine it's better than our next episode as well. Oh, yes. We're going to kill our time. But uh, we will rank this at the end of the show. Amen. Oh, Robbie, is this episode broken? N- no. No, I don't think so. My gut says no. no I, it, it, it's not broken. It just it, 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 they went down a bad path. It's dinged and dented. Can I say that? It's like the it's like a <laughs> it's it's it's, it's true. It's, the, the muffler fell off and is dragging behind. Yeah, or like it's a refrigerator you bought that's had three different owners and it costs fifty bucks and it works today, so you're fine with it until you know in like a month or two it probably break and be like, oh man, I wish I had spent. And you're gonna have to spend a bunch to repair it, but I don't think it's broken. Uh, Fair enough. Um, we can move on to our next segment if I can find my sound clips. It's important. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments on the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Comments to the news group is where I look at the nohomers.net forum and see what people thought of the uh, of the episode at the time. I I, I think Matt. I think people were really starved for anything that bared a, a, a passing resemblance to classic Simpsons. It seems like it because uh, looking at your percentages here, oh, forty nine point one four percent had a five out of five for this episode. Really perfect. Really, I mean, 
uh, a three out of five, maybe a two out of five, if you're feeling cranky that particular day, but that's ridiculous. I mean, that's over 80% uh, of people rated this a four out of five or higher. That's no, no, no. It's, it's, you know, a little bit good, but not, not that level. Yeah. There, there is a, yeah, it's 49% five out of five, 31 and a half percent, four out of five. And then it's a measly 10%-ish on 3 out of 5, 7%, 2 out of 5, and only 2%, 1 out of 5. Um, which I, I, I don't think this is a 1 out of 5, but it's certainly not a 4 or 5 out of 5. Um, I, I pulled some reviews. Uh, the first, hooray, John Vitti's back. This was a tremendously great episode, and to be frank, I like this one so much, I'd give it a 6 out of 5 if I could. Lisa's plight was believable, and the jokes were all in good taste. Even Ralph's wedding at shorts was funny in a good way. Grade A plus plus best episode since Summer of Four Foot Two. Wow, best since Summer of Four Foot Two. No, you're wrong. <laughs> Welcome to Wrongsville. Uh, next one I got. Uh, not bad. The college jokes were pretty decent. I participate in coffeehouse poetry readings and such, and I identify with least excitement and fascination with the atmosphere. Nietzsche and Scratchy cartoon was decent too. That's the second this season after a few seasons without any. Kind of wanted them to do a little bit more with Bart in the bubble, but what they did was pretty funny. Ralph was classic Ralph, and I laughed at the pants wedding, even though it was a little unusual for Simpsons humor. Good stuff, four out of five. Ralph. Our final one. It was okay. Rated it a three. The biggest laughs from my daughter came from when Vet Ralph beat in his pants when the nerds were hung on the fence by their underwear. Did have a feel of an older Simpsons episode, but not the social bite. Close, but not quite. I at least that's a smartish review. I would say it's relatively accurate. I would nothing to do with the social bite that bothers me. Yeah. But there is, I mean, it's, I, the reviews were overwhelmingly positive. Every, almost all of the reviews are four or five or five out of five. A lot of really reviews say it's the greatest ever and they love it. And uh, this is what wow. we want. And this is what we need back here, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to be, I'm really interested to see what they say about next week's episode. <laughs> After Ooh, this boy. one. That's, that's always the funniest thing to me is when they get, we get an episode that's really great they think is really great and then one episode is like historically bad i want to see i like seeing the drop off and they probably think next week's episode's great too uh it seems like they don't care uh they just want more simpsons whatever it is uh we can move on to our list our, to our next segment it's time for listener question of the week let's try one more number yellow kbbl is gonna give me something stupid well hot dog we have a wiener yellow our listener question of the week this week is, what is the most embarrassing episode of The Simpsons? Strong contenders for this one, Matt. Mm-hmm. Our first answer from Jade. Honestly, the second episode of this current season. First, I've been unable to watch to the end ever, which this that is the Mike Wegman episode, Matt. Yeah. That's not, not great. Uh, from Joey, that 90s show. Fair. Lauren, uh, this is a popular answer. The Lady Gaga episode. I'm a fan of both Lady Gaga and The Simpsons, and I was embarrassed for both of them when I watched that episode. Uh, from Andrew, the one where Mo talks to a sentient dish rag all episode. We have ideas for years and years, indeed. Uh, from Brian, Codependence Day. Homer is so irredeemably bad in this episode that it embarrasses me. I've been, been invested in this character for so long. Um, from Matthew, no good read goes unpunished. The tone-deaf dismissive response to the problem with the poo was painful to watch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't... Wh why are you having... Lisa literally talks to the camera. 
Literally. Nothing like breaking the fourth wall. I don't think I have all the rage I've yelled about the Scully years. I don't think I've gotten as fired up during a recording than when that Patreon review. I was like literally just screaming at a certain point. Um, From Thomas, I get what you call why you could call any other episode bad bad because of how it betrays character, but Mo goes from rag to riches is all sorts of pointless and it wastes the excellent Jeremy Irons as the voice of a rag telling a story nobody cares about. True. Uh, and from Nick, Clown in the Dumps was an awful, embarrassing episode. It played on our sympathy that someone big was going to die, and it was just a completely shock, schlocky use of emotions. Still angers me. Fair. Also true. Uh, from AJ, so my answer might be controversial, but I'd say the whole of season one. I don't hate it by any means, but it's a season I'm embarrassed to show someone who hasn't watched Simpsons or didn't grow up with Simpsons like I did. It's a rough season that, while fine for me, falls short of showing the best the series has to offer. Yes, post-golden years are worse, but they don't feel anywhere near as important when showing the series to someone for the first time. I compared it to like the first season of Next Generation, Star Trek. Yeah. Where it's, you know, like people are finding, like, I, I think we don't, like, ha- we have a, a higher bar nowadays for television. We expect the first season to be great. And for a long time, that wasn't the case. There's a lot of shows that first seasons were just not, like, Seinfeld's first season isn't good. Like, no, it's a, really not. A lot of good. Parks and Rec first season is, I don't want to say unwatchable, but vastly different from what comes after it. Right. And like, there's a lot of shows where, like, I, I think it's that's changed even recently where, like, I, I used to, you know, I think it was assumed kind of the first season would be rough. It, it could be rough. Uh, from Jenny, Simpsons Safari. I mean, I don't, I can't, just Simpsons Safari. Yeah. Uh, from from Henry, the one true ho. What to expect when Bart's expecting? Beyond Bart getting his art teacher pregnant, Bart and Homer sing, sings Les Miserables to get two horses to shag. You know when you really spell out certain Simpsons plots, you really go, wow, I... I watched that and didn't die. Uh, yeah, Maybe. how? Uh, from Philippe at Phil Martel 27. When you dish upon a star, so not funny and boring. For an episode with multiple guest stars, it's a shame. From Zach at Zach Kowalski, the blue and the gray from season 22. It's so mean to Marge for no reason. There's a lot of those. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Lauren at El Columbia 88. I feel like this has been my answer for so many questions, but Dr. Phil on Trails of Horror was total cringe. <laughs> uh, from CO? Sal? So? I don't know how to say your name. Apologize at Sam Her- Sam H. Hurley. Can't even say the Ireland episode as they only came here for half of it and gave up on jokes about this place even faster. Uh, Bobby at the Bobby Cash. When they visited the UK as a Brit, it was cringeworthy and embarrassing. Uh, from Uncle Mo's Family Feedback at Tyler TMC. Tie between Large Marge and the strong arms of the Maw. Both have Marge go to biological extremes for laughs, which turn into eye-covering cringe. The latter tips to do the insinuation. Homer gets raped by his own wife. Uh, from Exambalor at Exambalor, kill the alligator and run so utterly pointless and one of the worst episodes I've ever watched. And finally, from Ben and Play a Million, I've looked through the list of all of my all-time least favorite episodes by all time. I mean, 16, season fifteen onward, and most of them are bad simply because they show the Simpsons have almost le- nothing left to say. However, one that gave me secondhand embarrassment is the father, the son, and the holy guest star. Instead of satirizing Catholicism, they condemn it as a party organization full of cruel nuns and pedophiles. Though I no longer consider myself religious, I went to a Catholic school growing up, and all my teachers dressed and spoke like modern, modest people. Several other bones to pick with the story of Holy Ghost are, like Skinner expelling Bart because of an accusation, not something he really did like in Whacking Day, and Marge hating Catholics for some reason, and needing to kidnap her own son for some reason. But the actual jokes make me know how Brazil, Brazil feels. I'd take 22 minutes of We've Made a Few changes commercial from sunday credit sunday over holy uh, guest star matt what's your answer uh i think we've gone on record as saying uh simpson safari is the most embarrassing episode because it's just so tone deaf and awful 
but I have a special place in my heart for Kill the Alligator and Run uh, because it's also cringeworthy and awful and mean and makes no sense whatsoever. So I really can't pick between those two. Both of those I will never, ever, ever show anybody unless they force me to. Uh, there's a lot of contenders. Um, most, I, I think, you know, there is, you know, Homer drunk driving and blaming it on Marge. That is pretty embarrassing. Uh, I, I, but at the end of the day, it's, I have to go with Marge episodes and strong arms of them all. Like I was going to go with like, I, I was wrong last week. Cause my initial thought was the breast implant, a large Marge yeah. episode, uh, which is embarrassing, but Marge still mostly behaves like Marge in that it's just an embarrassing premise like the strongest of them all Marge rapes her husband and then they just continue on with the relationship like it's normal mm-hmm. and I can't imagine it's I, I I don't know what I'm gonna do when we get to that episode like I might just set my computer on fire like I, I the oh I, I can't like fathom like they're and like it's, it's like I can like most dishrag like that is there's like all these, all the people, all the episodes, everyone, all the listeners listed are all really great candidates for many different reasons, but like literally rape guys in your animated primetime television show. What? What? And the fact that, oh, it's okay because it's a woman. What? Ah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Next week's question, not some less of a downer. What is, and it's the weirdest guest star. What is the weirdest guest star ever? Most inexplicable? I mean, I would assume Weird Al. Uh, Uh, Matt already made the joke, guys, so you don't have to. Thank Uh, you. Yeah, you you don't need to tell us that. Sorry. But I mean, unless you really think he's the weirdest. If if you're sticking to your guns, it's Weird Al. That's cool. Um, I'll post this question on social media, facebook.com slash the Simpsons Show Pod. Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us to Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Next up. Matt, it is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard and try and stump the other. Matt has a lead on me this season of two points, and we only have three. This, Including this episode, we have three to go. So if I don't make up oh, no. ground, I'm going to lose. All right, Matt, are you ready for an easy question? Ready. These are all from the summer of four foot two. Oh, oh, you're going back to the happier times. I was hard on you this week. Oh, no. Okay. Where do the Simpsons visit in summer of four foot two? <gasps> Little blog meta score set for it. If that's your easy question, man, I am in real trouble. That is my easy question. And you are correct. All right. America's squad basket. Indeed. So your uh, questions all come from Homer versus Patty and Selma. Uh, in Pat, Homer versus Patty and Selma, what does Homer borrow from Patty and Selma? Money. I mean, more specifically, why why does he need the money? Oh, um, I don't remember. Uh, let's see. I can work this. <laughs> Dang, I should have made this a harder question. Apparently, uh. Homer versus Patty and Man, I, Homer versus Patty and Selma is an episode I think I perpetually am like fuzzy on. Um. Mar- Homer, I remember the IOU and going and on the IOU. It says what it's for. I, I, okay. You're he has to pay something because he makes and he doesn't want to tell Marge about it because he's embarrassed. I don't, I don't remember, Matt. I'm honestly blinking on this. Wow, I'm very sorry, Robert. It is a mortgage payment. 
It, just that simple. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just that simple. Mortgage payment. I was thinking. I don't. I was thinking like some. I think it was a bill. I don't remember. What, what, yeah. What, remember when things like mundane things happened in The Simpsons? Yeah. Yeah. Like they had to pay make mortgage payments. Yep. That's not interesting anymore. I guess not. Your meme question, Matt. What items does Homer buy at the not Quickie Mart? Uh, you've already asked me this. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I have, but it's still uh, okay, not. A it's couple a... of porno mags, a uh, box of panty shields, um, a box of condoms, and some illegal fireworks. Oh, and uh, one of those disposable Emma's. Ah, make it two. I'll give you one point. Oh, what did I miss? A bottle of Old Harper. Oh, dang it. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Your medium question. Who is Homer's first customer as a chauffeur? Mel Brooks. You are correct. I should have made that one easy one. Jeez. I remember Mel Brooks and I don't remember mortgage payment. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Your hard question, Matt. What are the names of the four kids Lisa befriends? I have no idea. None whatsoever. You can't even name Christina Ricci's character? Uh, If I think about it for a second, I probably could. Um, No, no I can't. Apparently, I don't know any of their names. Aaron, Rick. Dean and Ben. Do they even say those at all? I don't think so. They are written on her on her uh, yearbook page at the end of the episode. Oh, of course, of course. All right, your hard question: What sport does Ralph get stuck with on PE sign-up day? Oh God, uh, I can't. That's on. I can't remember that. That that's in that episode. Um, that's the one where Bart does ballet. Mm-hmm. Ralph, track and field. I'm sorry, Robbie. It is tethered swimming. Tethered swimming. I remember. Better hurry up, or it'll be TS for them. I re- I remember now. Uh, him swimming in circles. Mm-hmm. Is that a real thing? No, I don't believe that's a real thing. Okay, I didn't think so, but I, you know, never know. Well, we tied today, Matt. That doesn't really help me, but it doesn't hurt either. I guess. I it guess doesn't it doesn't hurt. Nope. It, it does hurt because I still have a, a gap to make up. But it, you know, there's the, at least the gap is not wider. Mm-hmm. We'll always look at the bright side of life. I have some bonus. Okay, I, I, I have one question uh, that I, I wanted to ask you that I almost oh. made my medium question, but I want to see if you know it. Okay. Uh, why does Homer need the money in Homer versus Patty and Selma? Why does he need the money to make mm-hmm. a mortgage payment? You already asked me that question. No, but like, what what did he invest in uh, that failed? Pumpkins. Okay. I'm glad I didn't make that a medium question then, even though you knew the medium question anyway. I mean, everyone else, all the suckers sold it at, at the end of October, like. Come on. That's true. You hold on to it in the middle of January, obviously. I got some bonus questions for you, Matt, from John. Okay. These are all from the front, and they are all from the Class of 74 reunion. Oh, God. They're very specific, because that is what is required to challenge you at this point. What is the name of the principal that welcomes the class to the reunion? I'm pretty sure it's Dondelinger. You're correct. What class did Homer not pass, causing him to never graduate from high school? Oh, uh, remedial science. Hmm. There's more. Uh, oh, there is a uh, remedial science 101. One A. One A. Dang. What is the name of the class clown that hosts the award show? Oh, uh, Bobby Kendrick or something like that. Bobby Mindix. Mindix. You're close. Hmm. And what what awards does Homer win? Audio and visual. Audio and visual. <laughs> um, ones we see in here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Gain the most weight, uh, travel the least distance to get there, uh, and most improved odor. I don't know the ones we see. Gain the most weight, most improved odor, oldest car, okay. most hair loss. 
Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember. Lowest that. paying job. Jesus. Least travel, least distance to be here, and one other one that you don't see. And what is finally a final question? What is said by Homer in the two acceptance speeches we see? In the two acceptance speeches, we he, we see him accept two of those awards. He has speeches for each of them. What are those speeches? Um, I think one of them is it hasn't been easy staying in my rut, and the second one I don't remember now. That is correct. That is least distance traveled. I, it hasn't been easy staying in my lunch. The other one is for most gain weight. It is I discovered a meal between breakfast and brunch. Yep, that. Yep, that was it. Hmm. It's a good meal. Yeah. Mm, second breakfast, then elevensies, then brunch, then lunch, then second lunch, then tea, then afternoon uh, supper or afternoon uh, lupper. You know. All the good meals. Matt's a hobbit. I don't know if you guys knew that. Matt's a hobbit. <laughs> I wish, man. Yeah, they don't really gain weight. All that food. I know. Don't... They eat all that. They eat like seven loaves of Limbus bread when it's supposed to be like one bite. It's supposed to keep you going all day. Like how many calories are in those things? And and, and like and they they even when like they're in their hundreds and they they've been eating that for like decades and they're still haven't gained much. Like they might have a little bit of extra weight, but they're yeah, it's ridiculous to have the metabolism of a hobbit. That's what that's yeah, what like, I need. Bilbo's house is so full of food that he feeds thirteen dwarves plus himself plus Gandalf, and there's plenty left over still. It's ridiculous. Anyway, anyway now we're talking about hobbits. We're talking about hobbits. It's a very important. Uh, uh, thank you, John, for those questions. Uh, uh, we can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, this is tricky, Matt, because I don't want to. I don't like the third act is bad, but, but the first couple acts. The first act is okay. The second act is actually pretty good. Yeah, the first it, till the when, end. Yeah, exactly. Like the first fifteen minutes is good, and the last seven minutes is bad, basically. So two thirds of the episode is good. Um. Where do we put Homer to the max? Uh, I believe it's down in round 200. 163. Actually, 163 is Homer to the max. I think Homer to the max is... I think the better parts of Homer to the max are better than the good parts of Little Girl in the Big Ten. I just wanted to know where we put that. Um, but this is... I don't know what to do with this thing. Um, well, let's, let's go down uh, like 15 or so. Let's look at Jaws Wired Shut. Or Our, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Is this better than those? Like this, the third, uh, third act, bring it down that far. Uh, it's really hard. Uh, I, I think, I think it's not as good as those. I, I, I like my gut feeling tells me it's lower. Like I was initially looking at right around two hundred among that cluster of season twelve. Like I was looking at Lisa the Trigger and thinking about yeah. that. So Lisa the Trigger is also like a Lisa Trigger. I think Lisa the Trigger. Hmm, I think Lisa the Trigger is better. I, I would agree. I'm actually looking down on like last tap dance in Springfield because it seems roughly analogous to me. It's a season eleven episode, and uh, it's right above Hello Gutter, Hello Fodder, and right below Life on the Fast Lane. And last tap dance in Springfield is a Lisa episode about her, you know, picking up something that's along the lines of you know gymnastics. I think this episode is better, but not by much. I think it is better than last tap dance in Springfield as well. Um, there's Life on the Fast Lane, Moaning Lisa, and Dog of Death. Bart's dog gets enough when Flanders failed early kind of one of some of the worst early season, you know, especially season two and season. That's like the lowest spots for a lot of the season two and season three episodes. Um, aside from dancing Homer for me, it should be yeah. way down there. Um, 
I can't say this is better than Moaning Lisa. No, it's definitely not. I'm debating about Life on the Fast Lane. I think that's better, too. I would probably say this is just above Last Tap Dance in Springfield. That sounds good. I think this is... I think Last Tap Dance is funnier. It makes less sense. But I think the good parts of this, the good characterization are enough to drag it above it. I don't know. This is not this is not an exact science. Last, last gir- little girl. I don't know what I'm talking about. Little girl in the Big Ten. Who boy. Is now number 210 on our list. Right at below Life in the Fast Lane. Right above Last Tap Dance of Springfield. And we've we've been talking about it for a while, man. It's time for the Screamer Pillar. This is the Screamer Pillar episode. And so guys, if we don't show up next week, you'll know that it killed us. And we're gonna hopefully get Andrew Bloom on this episode. We'll see if we can manage to get him scheduled for for that, because this he has long told me is his least favorite episode. Wow. And I'm I, I you know I like I like drawing outrage out of him. <laughs> I don't really remember. I don't really remember this episode. I remember the screaming pillar, and that's about it. I don't really remember much detail about it. But we'll talk about it next week. Uh, you, I don't know if you should watch along with us, unless you really want to torture yourself. But yeah, it's a frying game next week. Uh, that'll do it for us. You can find uh, everything on our website. It's SimpsonsShow.com. The links to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, link to our Patreon if you want to throw the show a couple dollars, link to the best episode ever list, all that stuff. You can, uh, wait, if you like the show, uh, give us a good review on, you know, podcast stuff. We like that. Um, You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. And my website is RobbieDorman.com, where you can find links to purchase my books, my horror novels. And check out my other podcasts. Really appreciate you if you check this stuff out. Matt does not participate in social media. You want to find him. Uh, that is true. Uh, however, it being Halloween season, I have decided that I will retreat into the haunted houses where no one can find me or get to me. So if you have a message, you're going to have to get past all the scary monsters who won't touch you or anything. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching the Simpsons. Shh.